Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Social Media Cowboys. If your business is looking to grow in 2022 and the years to come, then look no further than Social Media Cowboys. They are a complete online marketing agency helping clients with everything from social media to website design to SEO to Google ads and so much more. With close to 40 years of combined experience online, they have been helping businesses like mine and yours succeed where other agencies have failed. They apply a practical approach that saves you money while making money. Contact them today to get started. SocialMediaCowboys.com. In the real world, they're geeks, but online, they're cowboys. Welcome to episode 168 of the Confidence Through Health podcast. In this episode, I interview Dr. Alona Poldi and Dr. Matthew Letterman, and they are the physicians behind the documentary Forks Over Knives. They have a new book out, Wellness to Wonderful. We talk about why wonderful and not wellness. We dig into their nine pillars that they've identified to have a wonderful life and how it's important to have balance in as many of those as possible. And so we talk about what are those pillars? How do we get to wonderful? It's more than just diet and exercise and how they all interact with each other and how um, connecting with each other and with ourselves is a huge piece of the puzzle that so many of us are neglecting um, in the time frame that we need to do it. We may do it in a short period of time. We may do it when we go on vacation um, or we may not, not do it at all. And so we talked about ways to start doing that. We talked about why it's important to do that. And we talk a little bit about nutrition, um, but mostly it's about how do we get to wonderful and nutrition, diet, exercise, sleep self-care. These are all pieces of the puzzle that we need to spend time on. And so we talk about that and it's a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with it. And I think you're going to learn a lot of tips and steps to get yourself over the hump from maybe the life that you're at to a more wonderful life. So I want to thank you, Alona and Matthew, for being guests on the Confidence Through Health podcast. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. So y'all have had some great success with Works over knives, and now you've got a new book, Wellness to Wonderful, that's out. And so, why did it? What like why one? Why the book, and why like go from forks over knives to to something that's a little bit more uh, like the wonderful aspect? I'm assuming is a little bit more in in depth than just like what do you feed yourself? Yeah, I think Matt and I are very curious beings. That's what kind of you know we're we're regularly looking at how do we optimize our experience in life? Mm-hmm. How do we improve our health and wellness? And that's what led us to nutrition and, and lifestyle in the first place, saying that, you know, that the conventional medical world was not providing healing in the way that we desired. And, you know, so we worked in, in, on our sleep and on our exercise and on our nutrition, and we really optimized those areas, but noticed that there were still lingering things that didn't quite feel great or optimized. Right. Um, and 
you know, we like to think in a world of infinite possibilities, I want my life to be wonderful and it can be wonderful. So what are the additional steps that I need to take to do that? And that's what brought us to our nine pillars of wellness of wonderful wellness to wonderful is these pillars all play a role separately and integrate together to elevate that life experience so that you not only get health and longevity, which a lot of us know how to do, Mm -hmm. but you get health longevity and you can do that with greater joy with really experiencing greater joy and i think you 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 said something that's really important that i think a lot of people struggle with is in in it like i've even told people when they come to me as as a potential client for nutrition help or something it's like okay well i can give you the perfect meal plan to set you up in like you can go here you go go to the grocery store buy these things tomorrow eat this way and you'll be you'll be healthy right? Like over time, obviously it's not going to happen in a 24 hour period, but you follow this, you'll be healthy. But, and and there's so much information out there that, that guides you in that same way. But like you said, it's, it's, there's so much more to finding the true wonderful side of life. And like, it's more than just eat this and get your body to feel right because your brain's involved. Yeah. You're, um, a lot of people think about diet. Diet is so important. Mm-hmm. It's a foundation. What we put in our mouths, we put in our bodies three times or more a day. So important. But then there's <clears throat> two issues. There's some ish- diseases and and symptoms that don't necessarily improve just with diet alone. Right. Right. And the stuff that's that's our top killers. You know, diet is is right there. Right. Yeah. Heart, heart disease, diabetes, cancer. But then there's there's other issues that can persist. People can have chronic pain. People can have chronic fatigue. People can have trouble sleeping. People can right. have all sorts of mental health issues with anxiety and depression and the range there. So there's more to health than diet, but yeah. diet gets a lot, hits a lot, right? So then the question is, okay, how do we, how do we deal with all of those health issues? And then there's another thing. There's, okay, great. We've reversed all of my problems. But now I'm where where am I? Right. So in other words, instead of just trying to get back to a baseline of neutral, what about going all the way to wonderful? And that's again, it's to me, a lot of problems are like um, if you were wearing tight shoes all day, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, the American diet is like putting tight shoes on us and it's causing us all this fatigue and pain and discomfort. If all of a sudden someone comes to you and you tell them, well, take off those shoes and wear these shoes. That's the relief of all this pain and disease and inflammation. But is that really making life wonderful? You see the difference there? Oh, yeah. So now we got to do things to beyond just removing the tight shoes. And I think that's what the goal of this, the book here is, hey, we got to get rid of the tight shoes. We got to address those. Right now, can we can we make life more wonderful as well? So is that is that maybe one of the reasons why? A lot of people will find success with a with a specific diet or you know nutrition plan, and so they'll lose the weight that they wanted to lose. They'll get healthier, but then once they get to that spot, they don't know what else to do, and and they sort of just get stuck. And then they start gaining everything back because they got they they were confused and didn't know what else to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's really hard to sustain. And when, if we're um, tunnel visioned, Mm -hmm. because we are whole comprehensive people. And it's like, I look at treating, treating my health with diet alone, similarly to um, the siloing that sometimes happens in conventional medicine. I'm a kidney doctor, or I'm a liver doctor, I'm a heart doctor. It's very similar. We are not just a diet plan. You know, our sleep is important. Our movement is important. Our connection to ourselves and to the world around us is important. All of those contribute to our dietary decisions. So what happens often when we embark on a nutrition plan is we're really excited and we're motivated and we're using a whole lot of willpower to drive us in the direction we want to go. Right. But by not addressing those other pillars, at some point that willpower, that novel excitement around a new plan withers mm-hmm. and we're not we we don't have the support of those other pillars to internally motivate us to continue and drive us toward that health right so these nine pillars is it it's are they things that we should all be attacking all the time or is it like start here and then like once you get comfortable add this one sort of like building a house right you do the foundation first you let it set and then you start building the rest of the stuff but it's 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 to me, I, we use the word like tending to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's checking in on them, right? And then you just, it's like, imagine having nine kids and you can't, you know, hold all nine at the same time. Right. You want to care for all nine. You want to let all nine know that, hey, we're here, but who's needing the most attention? All right, there's a, one of my kids fell down the steps. The other one needs me to help them with their homework. Right. I'm going to focus on the kid that fell down the steps right now, tend to them. But I'm gonna let the kid know, hey, we'll be we'll be over there with your homework in a little bit. Right. So to me, that's the the way to think about this. And that you don't get to a place where your kids are all fine and you just can stop thinking about them. And then everything's gonna right. be great. You're right. constantly for the rest. Of, and I, you know, my dad tells me, I said, Oh, once my kids are off in college and then things will be great. Oh no, he's like, No, don't, that's not the end. And then I'll say, Oh, once they're married, things but he's like, No, Matt, everybody's married, you're there's, I'm still worrying about it. So it <laughs> turns out that he's never going to stop tending to us no matter what happens. And to me, right. on the flip side, the tending is where a lot of the joy comes from. So it's not that all of a sudden you're sleeping and then you have, it's actually just checking in and caring for that. And then yes, getting sleep does feel wonderful, but just checking in on all these mm-hmm. is really helpful too. Yeah. I think the other piece of that is that because they're integrated, tending on one has effects on the others. Okay. So yeah. for example, if I um, am not getting enough sleep, right, mm-hmm. then my connection to my family and to my friends and at work is going to be, I'm going to be more apt to be irritable. I'm going to be more right. apt to snap, right? Yeah. I'm going to make potentially less healthy food choices. Right. That's scientifically shown to be true, where people consume 30 to 40% more junk food when they're not adequately sleeping. So by getting enough sleep, I can increase the likelihood that I'm going to connect to the world around me with more compassion and kindness and joy. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to be motivated because I'm not as tired to actually get movement into the day. So you see how just one of those then affects all of the other ones as well. Right. So you don't have to actively be individually taking care of each of these. 
Right. And that's what that, that's very similar. One of the things that I tell people is that like, okay, if we just focus, focus on one thing as far as your health, like focus on your nutrition first. If you start eating better, your body's going to tell you, I want to start moving. Yes. Like it's going to be a natural, like, oh, you're feeding me these things that I need that are going to help me move better. So let's go do some sort of exercise. Um, you know, it, which brings up the point that I was, you know, I haven't had a chance to read your book yet. I got a copy of it, but I, I haven't had a chance to read it, but I was looking, skimming through it in you, you mentioned is like play instead of exercise is like the, and I love that like this description of like moving your body and getting out and like, as opposed to, cause a lot of people hear exercise and they just think, oh yeah, I know I'm supposed to exercise. Da, 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 da. But when you think about it as like, oh, go do something that's fun. You're still moving your body, but it's fun. It's playful. That's a big change. I think in a, in a, in the brain chemistry of how you approach doing something right yeah i um i i've been in both camps right i've been where i got exercise and it's more of a push and i'm pretty driven Mm -hmm. so sometimes i don't even realize how much i'm pushing myself right but when i do bring play and connection so the more pillars i can bring into the picture the more joyful that experience is so for example i would play freeze tag with my daughter and her friends after school before I picked her up. And now, yeah. you know, we would run around and there's connection and there's play. And it was a really wonderful time. And I'm all sweaty. I didn't even realize. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm sore in places I wasn't sore right. before, you know, cause I'm like yeah. all the quick movements and, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, Oh, wow, that was exercise too. You know, and mm-hmm. even though I came at it thinking I was just playing right. and then I, I looked at all the other pillars and I'm like, wow, so then if I said, hey, would I rather go and be on the elliptical machine or go play freeze tag for 30 minutes with my daughter after school? And she was so excited, right? She was still right. at the age where she loved dad being around and and playing with her friends. And they all had so much fun. It's a no-brainer, right? It's, yeah. it's so easy, right? Yeah. Um, and like the connection piece, the the one thing that I keep thinking of when you mention that is that's that's such a key when it comes to longevity right like granted we have to have a healthy body to get us to the the older years of our lives but if if that's the goal of life is to live long and help people and be a part of society and experience all these wonderful things um that connection piece is a is a huge commonality when you look at the blue zones when you look at people that live long lives they always have a tight connection of, 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 of a group of people, whether it's three people or a whole community of 50 or a hundred people that they live in, but they are connected to people. Right. And, and that's when we think about connection, we think about a couple of ways. We use the foundation of nonviolent communication, Mm -hmm. which is really, uh, we talk about that in the book. And that's essentially where you transform what you say, how you think, and what you do so that your actions bring you closer together to the people around you in this world, right? So it's a real deep process of of touching into your authenticity and being able to share it with other people. And also not just when things are, are working and you're celebrating, but also when things aren't working for you, a lot of people are used to suppressing those so right. that they can stay in this state of artificial harmony to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. But not only is that uncomfortable and just you know spiritually and emotionally 
uncomfortable, right? It actually has been shown, and we talk about this in, in Wellness to Wonderful as well, where you increase inflammation, you turn on inflammatory, pro-inflammatory pathways when you are in that state of isolation or suppression. Right. Yeah. Wow. And it's really fascinating because it's the same pro-inflammatory cytokines, mm-hmm. the same adrenaline and cortisol, the same uh, changes in blood flow to different parts of the body that are less, it's less health, health promoting to be living in those states, similar to what an unhealthy diet or mm-hmm. sedentary lifestyle does. And right. saying that, going back to how you compared like movement and play to mm-hmm. regimented exercise, similarly, when we can discern in our bodies what actually meets our needs in a way like, so that exercise, that formal, when we mobilize and say, I have to run today, I have to get to the gym today, we're in that state of mobilization and fight or flight, we may get to a healthier state, we may contribute to longevity, but we are not doing that with joy. So when we can shift that around to say, I can actually go to the park and pick up a a game of basketball or play soccer, or I can go for a walk with a friend, or I can go swimming in the pool or whatever that is that actually makes me happy or connect things together. You know, like people who love to read and can get on a stationary bike and read a book, Mm -hmm. you know, and put those two things together where it brings them joy. And that is the internal motivator that keeps us going in that direction. That's yeah, a I lot could... of the stuff we naturally see in areas in the blue zones is mm-hmm. they meet their needs in a way that also provides joyous effect. Right. And I could totally, now that you, the way you put it, I can totally see that that being like, I have to go to the gym or especially if it's something that you put on your calendar because you don't want to forget it. You don't want to miss out on it. You don't want to, but then it becomes a very regimented you know, and it's, it, yeah, it's hard to find joy sometimes then because it's like, I have to do this. Like mm-hmm. when you put that versus like, I want to go do this. Like yes. I want to go spend time outside, you know, gardening or whatever it is that like, you know, it, cause I'm a, I'm a firm believer in getting your hands dirty, getting in the dirt, getting into nature because that helps as well. Um, you know, and it, and it, that's part of the experience piece for me when I go to the park or go to work in my garden, it's yes, I'm doing something that like in gardening, for instance, I'm doing something that's going to produce crops in the future. It's going to help me with my health and da, da, da. But in the moment, I'm like, I like to listen to the birds. I like to, you know, hear the different sounds of nature that are going on um, when there's not, you know, a construction truck or something <laughs> driving by, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I try to connect with those things. Um, and, and I think that's something that another that's another step that people miss is that not just connecting with people, but connecting with the world around us. Yeah, that's one of the nine pillars is the the natural world, all other mm-hmm. life on this planet. And, it, and like you said, it's not just doing it to do it, but it's connecting to it. And that's what's really hard to convey in a book or even on a, a podcast like this, right? Yeah that the quality of connection, but you, but everybody knows what we're talking about because when they feel it, mm-hmm. they feel it, right? right? So that connection with someone else where it's this tender softening, this quality of connection with somebody else, or like when you're just getting the gardening done because you have to versus 
I'm there and I'm feeling the sun and I'm breathing the fresh air and I'm hearing the birds and I'm noticing what it feels like in my body and there's a softening and a relaxation. Right. That's the experience. And that's why two people can do gardening and one, it can be health promoting and one, it can be potentially pro-inflammatory because they're just checking it off the list and they're forcing right. themselves to do it. Right. So that ability to check in and say, what do I like? Right. And that's where we talk about nonviolent communication, connecting to your feelings and needs. Yeah. And needs are universal. We all have the same needs. Right. So we all have a need for love and safety and health right. and, you know, well-being. Right. So once but there's lots of ways to meet those needs. Right. For you, meeting your need for health might be running 50 miles this week. Right. That might not only just be meeting your need for health, it might also be needing your need for self-care and sure. for pleasure. And maybe you listen to a book and an uh, audio book and you're learning. So there's all sorts of needs that can be met. Right. But when we connect to the needs, then we can be expansive with the strategies we use to meet those needs. So in fact, we talk about instead of creating a to-do list, which is about strategies, mm -hmm. it's to create a to-needs list. And hey, mm -hmm. I have a need to contribute to my children or connect with my children. So connection is a need. Right. Okay. Well, what what am I going to, what do I feel like in this moment? And what I thought I was going to do last night, I'm not really feeling that this morning, but I still want to connect, but I don't want to do that strategy. Can we come up with another strategy? That self-connection, that exercise is what helps make life more wonderful right. versus doing it or not doing it because it's on your list. Mm -hmm. That is going to make life worse, but not only worse and unhappy, it's actually, and that's what we talk about in Wellness to Wonderful, it's actually pro-inflammatory. Yeah. When you force yourself to do something that your body is resisting, mm -hmm. that is a physiological state uh, that stimulates sympathetics and pro-inflammatory mechanisms. So it's really fascinating. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to put a caveat on there because people hear that and they're like, well, there are things that I have to do. Like, right. I don't like doing the housework and I don't like doing cleaning and I don't, and so I don't like uh, movement, you know, whatever that is, but what happens is what we don't like is the strategies. I have to do that right now because mm -hmm. like Matt said, we do all have a need to contribute. We do all have a need for movement. And for people who think that's not true, like try lying in bed for <laughs> days on end and not getting out of it, you're going to go crazy. Yeah. You want to move. Your body right. naturally wants to move and not contributing feels bad in our systems right? When we contribute, we do get that sense of joy. And so, and it doesn't mean maybe I don't have to do the dishes tonight. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I tell my family, Hey, I'm not feeling up to it, but the dishes, you know, it would be lovely if they get done, Would anybody right. be willing to contribute, you know? Yeah. And so all of a sudden we expand the ways that we can meet that need. And that's, and that's what we teach because it's so important to put all these skills together if you really want to experience a wonderful life. Right. So when somebody checks in and says, they just know, like the first step is to notice that I have a thought that I have, uh, there's things I just have to do. Mm -hmm. When you have that thought, you auto, you know you're disconnected from sort of your life energy, your, yourself, right? Right. It doesn't mean just drop everything. It means, hey, let's pause. Let's learn what's going on here. And then we take people through that exercise of saying, oh, Right now, I'm telling myself I have to do the I have to do dishes, and no one else is going to do them, and the house is going to be a mess, and nobody really cares about my needs. So even if I brought it up, 
you know, it's going to be a lot of work to try and get someone else to do them, right? right? So those are all the thoughts that keep us in that mindset versus coming at it from a place of choice and freedom, which is I'm choosing to do the dishes because it's right now I can't think of a strategy where the dishes will get done and it's not a ton of work of like begging my kids or a partner to do it. Right, right. And I don't want to live bugs all over the place so that we have dishes in the sink for 10 days. Yeah. Okay, so I'm choosing to do the dishes. Okay, great. Now when you come at it from choice, already your energy shifts. Yeah. But then is there another way? Is there a way to connect to your your partner and your children and say, ah, I don't want you to feel forced to do dishes, but I'm noticing I'm doing them and I'm not really enjoying it either. I'm wondering if there's a way to get these dishes done and keep the house clean because I know we all value order and cleanliness. See, I got right. to the need there, right? Right. We all value order and cleanliness. Does anybody have any uh, thoughts around sort of first, can you tell me sort of what, what comes up for you when you hear me share this, Yeah. right? Do you get nervous that you're going to have to do dishes? Do you worry that I'm really angry and resentful and I'm judging you, right? right? So let's connect. And that's where we use the word connection. Let's connect around what's coming up before we decide the strategy, you know, which means what are we going to do with the dishes? Let's just right. connect around what's going on. That connection now creates a state of physiological change in my body. So when I connect with you, I feel my body feels safer. The parasympathetics come on. Right. That releases actually anti-inflammatory pathways or stimulates. So just by connecting, we've caused a physiological shift in our body. And we're starting to head down that path of life is more wonderful. We connect to our choice and freedom. And they're probably happier because they deep down, they know we're upset and resentful right. that we're doing dishes for the last 10 years. Right. You see how that all works and comes together. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Like, and, and what I'm what I'm envisioning is that you're you're taking it away from the immediate. I'm in fight or flight because I've got to do the dishes and I really don't want to, and so I'm going to get upset about it, or you know, I, I'm going to have to do them and be huffing and puffing while I, you know, right. about it, or I'm going to blow up at everybody because somebody needs to do the dishes, right. and so it's taking that step back and go, wait, don't go there, come back. How can we how can we connect as a group to figure this out versus me just going on a defensive because exactly. you know while it's the dishes aren't attacking me the fact that I look at them and it's getting they're 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 you know exploding as far as taking over the sink that's attacking you know my vision of a cleanly clean house you know and so yeah that, that totally makes sense and I think that that and I I see that from a not just from a like my my life is is more wonderful right. from a health standpoint, but but also from just a a stress level and an enjoyment of your family life. Yes, if yeah. it's not just the dishes, but any any activity in the household that I think oftentimes, um, I mean, I, from my own experience growing up, my like I I work really hard with my wife to make sure that we avoid this because growing up, my parents fought a lot, um, and. So it's like we saw that, heard that all the time. And it's like in the level of stress in the house, you know, it was it was very common. I'm the second of five. And for each of us, as soon as we got our driver's license, it was very common for us to be like, can I take the car and go somewhere? Like, <laughs> can I leave and get away from the, this, you know, explosive stress? Um, and and I looking at it, like looking back at it going, OK, well, if we had stopped and talked and communicated. How would that have changed? Because I'm sure it would have changed. Right. Because they have your parents have beautiful needs, mm -hmm. just like you, the same exact needs that they're trying to meet. And they either don't know how to get them met or they don't know how to do it in a way 
that collaborates and connects with everybody else. Right. So that's the challenge right now is people don't have the skills and the tools to, to navigate it. Mm-hmm. So they're left with two choices, suppress my resentment and do the dishes or blow up at my family. Right. But whether it's dishes or anything else, it's suppress what's going on for me or blow up and get into conflict. Mm-hmm. And most people choose suppression and then eventually they blow up because they can't suppress anymore. Right. Or they withdraw. Right. They completely yeah. isolate themselves because there's so much internal resentment. Mm-hmm. And so, neither one of those avenues is a way to wonderful. No. Or right. a way to health or longevity either. I mean, it yeah. eats away at us really on a physical right. level. So imagine right. eating all the healthiest foods and great. Now you don't have um, heart disease and diabetes. And now, you know, are you living longer or does it just feel that way? Right. right. Like, you know, cause your life is, is now pretty uncomfortable. Great. So now I don't have heart disease and diabetes. So I'm around longer just to be more, you know, more in this discomfort, which you felt as a child. Right. Right. You knew you could, my guess is you could physically feel it in your body. You talk about the tension. Oh yeah. Right. That tension is the autonomic nervous system turning on and putting you in a state of a physiological state of threat. That is a pro-inflammatory state. And what happens as children is we learn our bodies become sort of, it's almost like a a guitar that's tuned Mm. a little bit too high. So we actually tune our autonomic nervous systems to be in this state of threat more often. And the good news is we can retune the guitar, but if you're not even aware of this dynamic, you're not even going to know to do that, let alone figure out, let's say, even if you're aware of it, where do I go? What do I do? Yeah. So that, like you said, that's why we wrote this book. Diet's important, but there's this whole other area or areas that are being overlooked right now that could make dramatic differences in people's lives and health. Yeah. And the key is we don't want to, we, we really don't want to be in that fight or flight stage for very long at all. Like it's there for a reason. It's there to protect us. Right. But like, you know, in, in one of the things I think a lot, everybody has seen videos of, you know, the, the animals on the, the Serengeti, you know, they're out there and, you know, the lion or the cheetah comes along and starts to attack and they take off running. And, you know, it's okay. That's the image we all see, right? Fight or flight, the animals trying to get away. And, but when you watch some of the documentaries that actually look at like the whole picture and it's like, okay, that lasts for 15 or 20 seconds. And then the antelope gets away and then goes off and starts grazing again. Yes. And just like ignores it. And it's like, okay, I made it to safety and everything's calm and everything's fine. Most of us don't ever drop back down to everything's calm and everything's fine, right? Yes. Yes, that is so valid and true and and for a lot of people missed. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in that state of resentment in that state of suppression repression in that state of fear or stress we are, we have now you know taken that that cheetah or cougar or whatever is coming at us and it lives in our head and mm-hmm. it never shuts off and every time we do something out of obligation we perpetuate and reinforce that stress and that, um, you know, and, and build up more of that inflammation and that state. And so absolutely. And that's the damage that is happening over time mm-hmm. that, that a lot of us don't connect 
you know, and that diet alone won't um, protect from. Right. Yeah. Diet will just make your body healthier. Like you said, so you, you, you could live longer, but you're still going to be in that uncomfortable stress state. Right. You still may be. And that's, and diet is super helpful actually at give at resourcing your body mm-hmm. so that you're, it's easier to connect when I'm eating foods that are processed and, you know, fried and oiled and, you know, just all sorts of harmful things about the diet. It makes it harder to connect. Yeah. Right. So resourcing your body with nutrition and activity and play and sleep increases the chances that you're going to be able to access your connection skills. So I know that when I choose to sleep five hours instead of eight hours, because I decided to watch a movie late at night, right? I'm choosing to snap more at my kids the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and that responsibility is on me. That's yeah. a choice. So to me, the resourcing is not only important for your health in general, it's also important for your ability to connect and that impacts your life is wonderful because when I snap at my kids, I feel terrible. Right. And I have a lot of regret and there's a long cost to that because then I, mm-hmm. I have to repair with my children when they're ready. Yeah. I feel, you know, I have my own shame and self-criticism. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge cost, all that links back to my choice around one of the other pillars. Right. And And one of the things I think a lot of people don't, they're they're not in tune enough right now to understand is that they can link that back to going, oh, I snapped and did all those things because I didn't get enough sleep. Instead, yes. and what they do is they try to willpower. They'll say, oh, mm-hmm. I really want to, you know, be more patient with my kids. So I just have to be more aware. And they try to, you know, they read an article and they're like, I'm going to be more aware. And then in the moment they snap because in the yeah. moment it's a subconscious reaction. Right. Which is more likely to be impacted by how much sleep you have than whether your cognitive brain can remember what you read in the article. Mm-hmm. There's a place for the, the the cognitive brain, right? But mostly it's your reactions. Yeah. And the yeah. way to improve that is not only to tie it with the brain and the learning, but to resource your body and then to practice these skills. Yeah. So that's what we do. We not only teach people about nutrition and lifestyle at, at our, our telehealth clinic, right? At weheal.health, <laughs> we not only teach people about diet and lifestyle, we help them learn these connection skills. Yeah. And I think that's that's a key piece that I think people need to hear that you said about this, the reaction piece, the reaction time. Um, you know, one of the things I do, I coach a lot of athletes on, especially on track and running. And, and one of the things that I harp on is the m- muscle mem- memory piece of get your form to be just to where you don't have to think about it. Your form and your running is perfect because when you get tired, you're going to go, you're going to drop down to the least resistant. Your, your arms are going to start doing the wrong thing. Your legs aren't going to come up the way they're supposed to. Different things are going to happen. But if your muscle memory is there, you're more inclined to keep the form, which is going to keep you faster and more efficient. Um, but and to me, that's the same thing as the reaction is like, if you're doing everything's properly to keep your body in tune and healthy and then you when you react when you get that that moment of I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm you know, in that that split second where, like you said, you're not gonna be able to go back to the books and you're not gonna be able to go back to the references and the studies and the, you know, even if you've been in counseling and go back to that, oh, the counselor said to do this, then that comes up. But at any moment we're gonna hit that moment and go just, just it'll be too much and it'll push over the edge. 
And, and then we've got to, you know, wind that hole back and do all the apologies and do all the forgiveness and do all the things um, versus being able to recognize that it's happening ahead of time so that we stop it. Right. And putting in that time up front, right. that investment, right? Right. Absolutely. But the the key also, and, and we talk about that in Wellness to Wonderful as well, is what you do is you build the skill sets to be able to also recover and repair mm-hmm. more quickly. So it's not about being perfect because we're not, although right. we all want to catch it before so many yeah. times we don't. Yeah. And it's probably the same you see in the athletes, like the mm-hmm. better they're, you know, the more they have their form aligned and the more practice they put and the more investment they put into that, the quicker they can come back on track when they've gone off track. And it's the same thing. You build those skills and um, you have the tools that say, it's not going to be two years before I come back. It's going to be that next moment, you know, that I know how to get back to wonderful. Right. So, you know, I want to, so the difference between wellness, I think a lot of people think wellness is like the target. and, And that's a, that's a, big buzzword over the past few years is, you know, going away from the healthy mindset to wellness, overall wellness and well-being, um, but to wonderful. And so why is wonderful, not wellness, not happiness, not joyful, not like, why is wonderful different? Yeah, I think wellness is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it has almost become um, connected to kind of a baseline. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people get to wellness right now, or they're managed by pills and procedures. So I no right. longer have high blood pressure because I'm on a high blood pressure medication. I no longer have uh, high blood sugars because I'm taking insulin or whatever that is. So wellness is now being managed in this pills and procedure path. And that is not wonderful. Right. Right. So we're, we we haven't quite optimized our internal systems to work at that level of life is wonderful. We might get to longevity. We might get, you know, a little bit healthier, but we're not experiencing that trio of mm-hmm. healthier, longer, happier. Um, and the whole idea of well, of taking you up to wonderful is it begins with that authentic connection to yourself, mm-hmm. that ability to start discerning what are my needs and how do I meet them in a way that supports health, longevity, and joy. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's also about um, wellness. The difference for, for me, I would add to that is the wellness, a lot of people it's checking off boxes, right? But I ate the right. diet, I did my exercise today, you know, I did the stretching, I slept this number of hours, I'm good. Yeah. But it's still about these external markers, right? So it's all about what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And wonderful happens when you connect internally to your intrinsic motivation of what are my values and, I, and I'll be able to care for that, tune in, and then take action. Mm-hmm. So what are my internal values and can I align my behaviors with those? So if in yes. this moment I'm wanting connection, how do I, what action do I take? In this right. moment, I'm wanting nutrition, right? I'm needing food. What action am I going to take to meet that need 
in a way that's most effective and least costly. Yeah. If I'm, oh, I'm needing movement now, what action am I going to take that aligns with my values most effectively? That's where wonderful lives. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for people because we grew up in a world that directs us externally. We're right. good kids because our parents told us we were, not because we aligned with our values. Right. We were good students because our teachers graded us as such, not because we aligned with our values. And we were good workers because our bosses bonused us as such, right. not because we aligned with our values. <clears throat> so the question is, how do we reconnect? Because life is wonderful is not about being happy all the time. It's about being self-connected all the time. And right. even if I'm sad and I'm meeting a need for mourning, which is a universal mm-hmm. human need, life can still be wonderful. Or I can be handling that sadness, hiding it all alone, suppressing it or resisting it. And that, even though I'm sad, life is not going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. Similarly, I can be happy and life can be wonderful or I can be happy and life is not wonderful. There's a lot of people who are really happy when they won the lottery, but life is still not wonderful for them. Right. Right. So to me, life is wonderful is really about that self-connection internally. And so, and there's, there's a couple of things there. One is that like, what I'm hearing is that like, that's a, that's a big difference between when you look at somebody and say, oh, well, you know, that person ate horribly or smoked or did whatever, but they lived this long life. Like, how did that happen? And like, like the doctors are telling me I have to do this, this, and this, you know, and, and, you know, like, but they can look at it and go, well, that person lived that long life. And then, you know, not in my case, but somebody else likes it. You know, my dad died at 59 and he did everything right. right. You know? Um, and so then it just becomes like, oh, well, it's just the genes. Right. right. And, and I'm like, it's not just the genes. It's, right. there's other pieces to the puzzle. And I think when we, when we dig down, we realize that that person that lived a long life, even though they were doing things that weren't optimizing their health, they were self-connected. They had a, they had what they envisioned as a wonderful life for them. Mm-hmm. I, I agree a thousand percent. And I mean, granted, there's genes are going to play a little bit of a role, right? Some mm-hmm. people can smoke and never get cancer. Some people sure. cannot smoke and get lung cancer, right? But on a whole, if it's not the cancer that gets you, it's the heart disease. If it's not the heart disease, it's the diabetes. Right. You know, if it's not that, it's an autoimmune disease. There's something that we're, we're going to be susceptible to, regardless mm-hmm. of what our genetic profile is. Mm-hmm. But I think on a whole is, if we can optimize these nine pillars, our bodies are going to be so robust and resilient that for an example, and I don't know that person's case, but maybe they do smoke, even though we're not recommending it. Right. And they're able to bypass a lot of the disease because everything else is lined up. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we all can't avoid toxicity in our environment. Sure. We're all going to, we're all going to go into fight or flight. We're all, there's environmental contaminants that we're all dealing with on a day. You know, right. there's, right. You know, foods, you know, hey, we do the best we can. So our body has a natural ability to heal and it's resilient. And I think the question is how much, what's that toxic burden that we're putting on our body? Right. And to me, when your nine pillars are out of balance, that's basically optimizing the toxic burden. Yeah. So all we're doing is giving people a roadmap and a framework from which to tend and reverse that that whole system. Mm -hmm. And right now the... um, I would say the Western, the way we live in society today really pulls us off this path of life is wonderful pretty mm-hmm. aggressively. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to take a little bit of work, but it's going to get easier over time. And to me, that's 
a sign that you're on the right path. And it's not about being on the path all the time. It's the ability to know and identify when you veer off mm -hmm. and the skill to be able to get back on. Right. But I love your example um, because, you know, in just thinking about that. So within the nine pillars, um, you know, somebody who might not be optimizing nutrition, mm -hmm. but is self-connected, does activity, plays, connects to their external world with family and friends and community and gets meaning and purpose from their work and has a, a spirituality practice, you know, where they see the world as as something greater than just themselves mm -hmm. and they're not alone and they connect to the natural world when all of those are aligned then it just shows how it can impact in the same right. way that if we just focus on this one and ignore the other eight yeah. um and and that's super super important and so it really is a, it's a teamwork of all nine and and just like any other team you're going to have some that are that are a little more skilled, that maybe put in a little more effort, right? That and and so at different times, that's going to be different ones of those. And the idea is just like you mentioned very early on, and like it's just to check in on all of them periodically and just know that like I'm not I'm not completely forgetting one of them. I'm not just ignoring it and it's falling, you know, way behind all the rest of us while the convoy is going down the road towards you know mm -hmm. longevity. Yes. Right. That's that's I mean, it's in, in a nutshell yeah. is that, you know, and what's out of balance for me today, what pillars off is different than what pillar is going to be off tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And some days life I'm going to be pretty in balance and life is going to feel wonderful. And other days they're going to be really off balance and life is not going to feel very wonderful. So it's this dynamic balancing and flow. Yeah. It's not a static destination. Right. And I think the. The cool thing about it, too, is noticing the positive of it. So as you're tending to the nine pillars to see, oh, if I pay attention to this one, look at all the other ones that are impacted positively mm -hmm. by that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's neat because if you if you take a step back and look at yourself that way, and, and, and this is just what I'm envisioning, so if I'm wrong, correct me, but if I take a step back and look at myself that way, then I'm less likely to judge my neighbor for what they have or don't have or how they act with the things that they do have that I wish I had like all of that aspect, because like, if my life's wonderful, I don't really, I don't, I'm not really sure there's going to be desires for different things, obviously, but it's not the same as if I'm struggling and I'm in that fight or flight all the time. And I'm just like, Oh, if I just had their car or if I just had their house or if I just had their right. job, you know, um, it, it brings me back to like, oh, but I, I've, I've got everything that I need is taken care of. I sort of have wants. I would love to have more needs maybe, but, you know, it, yeah. if I'm wonderful, I'm wonderful. And that to me is, is the more like comparison is the easiest way to make our lives miserable. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we all do it. Right. So it's it's a way that we try to communicate with ourselves. But if we can rather than compare and act on the comparison, can we reconnect to ourselves and our feelings and needs? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I compare myself to someone else and I'm longing for something, what need is there? And for some people, when they see a nice car, they have this core, you know, a core limiting belief that the more money you have, the more value you have as a person, the more right. self-worth. All right, so now right. there's some really deep core work we got to do there versus mm -hmm. trying to go after the car, 
you know, and working even later at night and sacrificing even more with your connection and your health to try and get more money to feed that limiting belief. Right. So to me, it's to, and it also is a, a symptom of external motivators versus internal. So if I'm looking at around me to see, am I happy or not? And what I want that I don't have, again, feeds that external med measure versus mm-hmm. internal. Who cares what's out there? What do I want? Do I want a boat or do I not want a boat? Do I want yeah. four cars? What need is being met by that strategy of having a boat or four cars? Connect right. to that. And if it's really serving a need, you know, fantastic. And yeah. if it's not, then check in around what's motivating me to go in that direction. Right. I think also in that mobilized fight or flight state, we um, step into what's called scarcity mentality. And we talk Mm -hmm. about that in Wellness to Wonderful as well, where the world becomes contracted. And in our small world, we want, we think more, 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 more is going to make it better. Yeah. And when we can step out of that, and into life is wonderful, the world becomes expansive and we're internally connected to our values. And so there's less of that need or, you know, that drive to get that more and more and more because mm-hmm. we have well, that internal sense of peace. Right. And I think that, that, you know, one of the things I was actually thinking about the other day, because my neighbor had something that needed to be done outside and um, her son just came home from college for, you know, the summer break and, so he was getting, and he, and he said, yeah, I've got to go get this tool or whatever. And I was thinking, oh, do I have that? Cause I could loan it to him and not have him, which made me think about, you know, back in, you know, the pioneer days where it was like you, you had your homestead. If you didn't have something you thought, you know, borrowed it from your neighbor or whatever. It wasn't like, oh, let me go buy the next big brand new thing and use it once and put it in the shed and have it sit there. It's like, oh, let me go find the blacksmith because he knows how to do this. I'll get that done and move on. And I think we've lost some of that. And in, in, in when you're saying that more and more and more scenario, that made me think of that. It's like, you know, do we really need all of the things that we have just from our, from our, to, to take the house first, you know, from a healthcare standpoint, or can we just borrow it from our neighbor the one time a year that we need it? Yeah. Right. And that's where, there's no right or wrong answer. There's checking into your values and saying, what's going to meet my needs and what's going to meet as many of my needs as possible, most effectively and least costly. So yes. Okay. Well, I could get this thing and then it's going to, you know, I have to pay for it. I have to store it. Okay. Or I could borrow it. Okay. So what each of those strategies, you know, I could hire somebody else to do it with their own equipment. So there's three strategies right there. What's going to meet most of my needs as effectively and least costly as possible? And I think right. that internal motivation, you, you said you're a, 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 you coach athletes, right? So, yep. you know, that's a big one where you want to be the best or do you want to mm-hmm. be your best? Right. right. And when you want to be the best, it requ- you're dependent on other people, mm-hmm. right? Because you're comparing yourself to other people to determine right. if you are meeting your goals or not or Versus I want to be my best. Yeah. And whatever that is, I could, I could beat all the competition or maybe I can't, but that's the, me, the goal is to focus on being your best because you're internally motivated at that point. Yep. But to even get there requires stepping out of that scarcity mentality, Mm -hmm. which is I need to amass and accumulate as much for myself as possible 
um, to keep myself safe. Right. And that then also goes back to like that, that self-identification, that self, like understanding what your core values are, what you're really after, what's going to make you feel the best, make you feel wonderful. What are, what is it that's going to, and that's going to be different for you than from, you know, almost everybody else in the world. Like it's going to be different because we're all different. Right. Yeah. And it's so, this is all so important and it's also so foreign to so many people Mm -hmm. putting all this together, even though it makes sense when you stop and connect to like, Hey, how do I feel when we talk about this? I feel pretty expansive and open. Maybe hopefully people listening will notice that shift in their own bodies. Right. And maybe they're a little confused. Okay. Well, what do I do if this is, is it overwhelming Mm -hmm. to imagine trying to attend all this? I'm barely keeping it together. All right. Well, that's where you know, that's where we can support you at weheal.health. Right. But to me, the that's the thing is, hey, you know, just check in and say, hey, is this, you know, because doctor, as doctors, <laughs> you know, when we were doing the diet and lifestyle, the diet change mm-hmm. before forks over knives, right? People were like, why are doctors talking about diet so much? You know, you should be talking about pills and procedures. Right. And now, all of a sudden, it's become pretty mainstream to talk about diet. Yeah. So now we're dealing with something else. Though. Why are doctors talking about connection? Yeah. What is what's all this about? You know, you should be talking about pills, procedures, and diet, maybe mm-hmm. an exercise. Yeah. I think we're just a little bit ahead of the curve here, yeah. but connection is going to be so important, not only to healing people individually, but to healing the world. Yeah. And I want to just add one thing because I like what you said. Um, and it made me think the nine pillars are groundwork for mm-hmm. recognizing the needs that need to be met. And then they could meet different people where they are because the strategies available to you that resonate with you are gonna be different than the strategies that resonate with me. Right. And there's space for all of that to happen. You know, yeah. it makes me think of when kale, you know, became a really big thing and yeah. everybody had to eat kale to be healthy, but yeah. not everybody likes kale. Right. So then you felt like a failure. Well, if I'm not eating kale, I'm not, achieving optimal health. And it's like, no, there are a lot of different vegetables, pick the ones you love and eat as many of those as you can. Yeah. You know, so it really allows space for different people to find themselves and provides that framework of where should I even be looking? Right. Well, and so we're getting close to an hour and I want to respect your time. And, and you sort of led into it, Matthew, a little bit with, uh, like, if this has if this has resonated with somebody and they're like, okay, I'm I'm feeling that. How do I connect with you? How do I get to more information? How do I take the next step and get help finding these? And where, where do I get the book? Like, so yes, give so us all those ways to, to connect. Yes, yeah, so you can go to our website and we have all sorts of resources. We have doctors that are trained. We have um, trained to support people in this model. We have uh, health mentors that are trained to support people. Everything from connection to nutrition and cooking, uh, even trauma recovery, right? Mm-hmm. We have um, classes. We have a really, um, every month we have a nutrition and cooking class that cool. um, that I lead with, with our uh, lead nutrition and uh, cooking mentor. She's a chef as well. We have That's connection awesome. classes every month, mm-hmm. right? So there's there's all sorts of support. You can get our book. You can see it on our website. You can get it on Amazon. You can. There's an ebook available as well. Audible cool. is coming out soon. So yeah. Uh, yeah, there's lots of ways to get support. And that's the thing is that once you identify with this, then it's a matter of just saying, "Hey, I got the rest of my life. Don't don't shift into that fight or flight again. Like, oh my God, how am I going to get this all right. tomorrow? Right. It's about 
making the connection, starting to tune in and tend to these areas. Imagine I just all of a sudden introduced you to nine of your kids, nine new kids. And you're like, oh my God, how am I going <laughs> to perfect all these kids? It's like, no, no, right. let's just, let's round everybody up, do a little check-in and and over yeah. time, we're going to be one big happy family. Right. And that's, I think that's, that's a big thing I was thinking of when you said that is that, that the time, like give yourself the time, because if you don't, you're going to go into fight or flight trying to fix yourself. And then it's, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're in a circle you really don't want to be in. Exactly. Exactly. So, cool. Well, thank you so much for being guests today. Oh, thanks for having us. It was great. Yeah. Thanks for having us. I, I'm feeling thanks. a real sense of resonance with your, yeah. just the way you see things in health and Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life.